chapter 4. I'm going to do my best to stay out of the way of this air condition so I can, we won't blow on this mic. I don't want to. It's so warm in here, so many people in here. I don't want to unplug it, so I'm going to try to stay out of the way of it. First Peter chapter 4, and we're going to begin at verse 12. We're going to read down through verse 19 for our text today. The Lord has already showed me since we've been in this service why He gave me this message. Um, I didn't understand it uh, while God was speaking to my heart and giving me this message. Uh, but since I've been in service today, uh, I understand why God let me uh, led me here. And uh, I, I really believe that there are uh, several people today that God intends to hear this message. Uh, so you just pray for me that I can uh, bring it about the way God wants it. First Peter chapter 4, beginning verse 12. He said, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing has happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's suffering that when His glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceedingly joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you, for the Spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their, on their part He is blasphemed, but on your part He is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or as a busybody in other people's matters. My, my, my. Hallelujah. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Now, if the righteous one is scarcely saved, you notice what he said there? If the righteous scarcely be saved, don't nobody think you're just going to go prancing right on in. Hallelujah. He said the righteous scarcely be saved. Think about that. Man, that's, that's something. If the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to Him in doing good as to a faithful Creator. Let's pray. Lord, as we come today, we thank You and we praise You for this service. We thank You for the spirit of worship that's been here today. And now, God, I believe, God, that you got this word for several people here today. And I'm asking for Your anointing to let rest upon me. Enable me, God, to bring this word across according to Your will. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. That 19th verse, the very last verse that I read to you, Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God Commit their souls to Him in doing good 
as to a faithful creator. I want to talk to you for a few minutes on a subject titled Understanding the Why of Suffering. Understanding the Why of Suffering. Now, I'll let you know right off the bat before I get into this thing that uh, I will buck heads with some of my contemporaries. Some other preachers of the gospel uh, in making this statement right here. And it all sums it up in this verse 19. Let those who suffer according to the will of God. It, it, it really rubs some people raw. It really takes some people's, uh, tears their theology all to pieces. But sometimes it's the will of God for you and I to have to go through some stuff. Sometimes it's the will of God that we experience some things in life. That we have to do some suffering. There have been times in my life that God has healed me of a sickness. And I think a lot of people, and, let, just, and just let me see a show of hands. How many people has God ever healed you? You ever been healed by God? Look at that, see? There's no doubt that God is a healer. God's a healer. And a lot of people in this building today has been healed by God. But ain't no need trying to, uh, 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 to hide it or try to, Deny it, there been, but even though there have been times that I have been healed, there have been times that I hadn't been healed. And it wasn't because I had any less faith than I had the time I was healed. But God was allowing me to go through a certain season in my life. Now, we, we heard a good message about seasons down in Hot Springs. And there, there are certain seasons that God allows us to go with. And there are times that good people, that Christian people, that people are trying to live right, they have to go through some stuff. There are things that they have to, to endure. Amen. Uh, now, as many of you know, I've had several attacks of kidney stones. Uh, one not very long ago, and I started having them back in the 90s, uh, and um, I, I ha- I'll have them every few years every, uh, ever since then. And I never will forget one time when I was in the emergency room and they was hooking me up to the IVs, and, uh, uh, and uh, uh, they wouldn't, they wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't see in that morphine quick enough. I, you know, where's, where's it at, you know? And I, I was I was a hurt, you know. I was in pain, and the one nurse come in there and said, "So, Mr. Pruitt, are you allergic to anything?" I said, "Yeah, pain." Hallelujah! Give me some. Hallelujah! Amen. I'm, you know, and uh, and nobody likes suffering. Nobody likes suffering. We don't. Nobody likes to have to go through no stuff like it. We don't like pain. We don't like sickness. We don't like suffering. We don't like none of that stuff. But if you live long enough, Amen. You're going to find out that is um, that is very much a part of life. Hallelujah. I can remember when I was uh, uh, years ago. I, I mean, just starting out and getting around in Pentecost. Amen. I, I can remember some. Uh, 
there were some preachers back then that we would go in here and, and different uh, preachers would preach, man. And, man, they'd just get up and oh, bless God, I ain't, I ain't took an, even an aspirin in so many years. Well, you can brag that fact as long as you're in your 20s and your 30s and possibly in your 40s. But I promise you, amen, you get on up in the 50s and the 60s and on up and beyond, amen, Anison and Bear's going to become your best friend somewhere along the line. B.C. Powder, hallelujah. <laughs> Whatever. Amen. But it's a part of life. It's things that we have to go through. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. Hallelujah. Amen. Just because you're a child of God, just because you've been saved, don't mean that you've got this uh, uh, this, this thing to where you, uh, that you ain't going to have a problem. The Word of God says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. That's the part about it I like. Hallelujah. There's a deliverance. We got help, see. If you know Jesus, as Jesus is your Lord of your life, the big difference between uh, us and people who don't know God and people who Jesus is not Lord, they don't have no help. We got some help. Hallelujah. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous running into it and is safe. Oh, hallelujah. Aren't you glad for the name of the Lord today? Aren't you glad for the benefits that we have in Jesus? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise His name. Hallelujah. Amen. Suffering has always been interwoven with Christianity. God's people have always had to suffer. From day one, from day one, God's people have always had to suffer. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, uh, but sometimes, sometimes we wonder, you know, why God? Why am I having to go through this? Why is this going on and that's going on? Well, um, I can't give you all those answers. Nobody has all those answers. And we can't we can't answer every question, uh, but especially especially when you know you know God can through just like that wipe away all your pain, all your problems. God could could do all that, and sometimes the weakness of our flesh um, and, and us being uh, a finite. Amen. We don't sometimes our, our flesh gets so weakened when we get so wrapped up in suffering and everything. We say, God, I know you can do this. Why don't you do it, God? And the problem arises is when we let that just completely wrap us up so much that because if it don't happen the way that we want it to happen all the time, then we give up on God. Hallelujah. God's already did enough for me. God's already healed me enough in the past that if I don't never get healed again, I can't never say God's not a healer. Hallelujah. I've had the chains amen, delivered for me many, many times. Glory to God. God has broken chains for me and delivered me a lot of times. Glory to God. But if that doesn't happen anymore, I can't say God is no deliverer. Hallelujah. Why does God allow us to suffer when He could stop the pain and ease the suffering? Uh, and like I said, I don't assume to answer every situation in life. No one can do that. But I hope to shed just a little bit of light today 
I, I, want, I want somebody to get just a little bit of understanding. Hallelujah. Amen. That, that, uh, that when we go through suffering, and for those of you who's not there right now, please listen. I promise you, you will be there. You may not be there right now, but you're going to be there if you live long enough. There's a couple things that I want to bring out and share with you in the course of this, this word about suffering and, and give you some thought as to whereas why God allows his people to go through so much sometimes. Number one, suffering produces experience. Suffering produces experience. Have you ever heard that old saying, that old adage, welcome out of my shoes? You know, you don't know what I'm going through if you've never been where I'm at. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, there is a lot of truth in that. It's easy for somebody to sit back and judge somebody else if you've never been where they at. Hello, somebody. Amen. If you ain't never gone through situations and circumstances, amen, like another person's going through, how in the world can you sit back over here in a corner somewhere and look at them and judge them if you ain't been there, if you ain't walked a mile in their shoes? That's one reason why God allows us to suffer sometimes, amen, so we can get some experience. Follow me just for a few minutes on this. Hallelujah. Just follow me. Until you experience it for yourself, you really don't know what it's like. When you have endured hardship and pain in your own life, you are better qualified to help and encourage somebody else when they are struggling alone. I remember just talking to Sister Darlene about this the other day. I said, you know what? There was a time in my life that the thoughts of pastoring a church never crossed my mind. Didn't have a desire for it. Didn't want to do it. I I was content where God had placed me. I was an evangelist. And we held revivals in different churches and maybe going and help some pastors out while they're going through sicknesses or going out of town or something like that. I was happy doing that. Some people, you know, like you, I mentioned about 10 a while ago, you know, nowadays, you know, back then, there used to be a time that people used to, man, you could put up a tent, man, they just love them tent revivals, you know. Well, you know, people like the air conditions better nowadays, you know. We didn't get, we didn't got us built around a comfort zone, and we don't, we don't like sweating. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you, there's just something in my blood about those tent meetings. When I walk underneath a tent and I walk under and begin to go, man, I, I know something changes about me. If, I mean, I'm just breathing it. I mean, I, man, I, hey, people think you're crazy. But man, I, ain't nothing I'd rather do than get out there on a great big old, and right up under the sun and the hot sun, roll out a big old tent and get over there and get that 16-pound sledgehammer and start uh, driving them spikes and getting up there in the mess. People say, man, you're crazy. I love it. I mean, it's just and I, I, I was more happier doing that. I promise you. I would. I don't care what type of building God allows us to build. How beautiful it is. It still won't compare for me like 
going down that sawdust trail and man, getting up under that tent and preaching the gospel. Amen. And seeing souls being born, born in the kingdom of God and people set free. I never will forget, amen, one tent revival we had two doors down from a honky-tonk. Man, and then they, they come out and sit on the back deck of that, that, um, that beer tavern and sit there drinking and listening to it. Amen. And then they get a little closer and get a little closer. And I've seen them come under the tent, amen, so drunk they couldn't hardly walk, go down to the altar and stand up just as sober as I am right now. That's part of my blood. I love to see God do that. I love to see God change lives. So, God had to start rewiring me. He had to start doing some things. And way back early on, when all three of our children were, was, was very young, we started different kind of struggles and sufferings and things that we went through. And I, I remember telling Darlene, I said, you know what? I said, evidently God's getting us ready to pastor. And, that's, and that, was, that was five years, five or six years before it ever happened. But I knew God was letting us go through some things as a training to gain some experience. I, we, she and I both, we've been through things personally and together that if we hadn't gone through them, we, wouldn't, we couldn't be in the position that we're in right now to reach out and help people like we can help them today. If I hadn't went through some of the things that I went through, when I faced some people back there in my office that come to me for counseling about very, I wouldn't have the slightest idea of how to talk to them. But automatically when somebody comes down and they sit down and they start talking about a situation, you know what comes, you know what comes up first? Not a scripture in the Bible, but it comes up back in my mind of a particular place in time that God had placed me that I went through. And back then, I, I remember crying, oh, God, why am I going through this? Well, when I sat there trying to help somebody else, I know why God let me go through that. Hallelujah. We all have to gain experience in certain things. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen here about Jesus himself in the book of Hebrews, chapter 2, verses 14 and 18. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil. And release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For indeed, he does not give aid to angels, but he gives aid to the seed of Abraham. Oh, hallelujah. Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in all things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Verse 18. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. You ought to know why Jesus Christ is able to help us so much today because he's already been through everything that we've been through. He's already walked down the road. He has walked more than a mile in our shoes. He knows more about it than what you and I know about it. He's experienced more about it than what we know. That's how come he is able to aid us today. God the Father, 
didn't, didn't understand sickness, suffering, and pain, and death. The Creator didn't understand that because God the Father never was sick. God the Father never had no kind of pain, no suffering. He was God. He couldn't relate to that. But when God came to earth in the form of sinful flesh and He experienced suffering and pain and even death, so He knows what it's all about. So I can tell you this morning, Jesus cares for you. He cares where you're at right now. Glory to God, He cares for your pain, your suffering, your sickness, because He's already been doing it all. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God, He's been there and done that. Hallelujah. Nobody knows what you go through better than Jesus, because He's done been through it all. Hallelujah. And likewise... Listen to me, church, and I'm not going to hold you very much long, but just listen. God allows His children to experience suffering so we can be used of Him to help others in their time of distress. Hallelujah. You see, the way that God helps people is through people. You hear what I'm saying? God helps people through people. And He allows His children to go through some things so He can use you to help somebody else, somewhere else along the line. I'm going to tell you what. If you run across somebody that's got a suicidal spirit, and they're contemplating tech, taking their own life. Nobody else can better talk to that person like you if you have experienced those feelings yourself. These are, these are things that we might not like to talk about. Hallelujah. But God has got some people who know full well that they've been going through some kind of a depression, some kind of situation in their life, that they were driving down a highway and they're looking over at a cliff, and a lot of times they had a thought, just a quick thought, I thought I would have just drive this car right off of that cliff and just end it all right now. I'll be out of everybody's hair, and nobody have to worry about it anymore, and I won't have this pain no more that I'm going through. But thanks be by the grace of God, you didn't do that, or you didn't take that handful of pills, or you didn't pull that trigger the last time. Hallelujah. God allowed you to go through that because somewhere along the line, amen, you might save up somebody's life who's fixing the end and all, who's fixing just saying that ain't working no more. You're able to talk to them. You're able to reach out to them. God can use you to save a life. And can't you believe that's worth everything? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. So suffering, suffering produces experience. The second thing, suffering reveals character. Suffering reveals character. Now, I want you to just think about that for a moment. I'll, I'll, before you, 
I want to make sure that you chew it up real good before you swallow it. Suffering reveals character. I've heard it said that struggles and hardship makes us who we are or builds character. I've heard a lot of people say that. Uh, you know, well, that makes us what we are. Well, I'm going to stand and tell you that I don't believe a word of that. I don't believe suffering and trouble and trial and all these things build anything. And, and follow me. Let's just please listen to me close. I'm going to tell you why I don't believe that. Struggles of life doesn't make you who you are. They reveal who you are. Bless the quietness. Circumstances in life that you go through does not make you who you are. They reveal who you are. I believe that as much as I believe I'm standing here. Hallelujah. And I believe me, I'm, I've am i wrestled with this and, I've, and I just didn't come up with that quick overnight. But I know I've wrestled that for a long time. And I believe God spoke that and put it in my spirit. Hallelujah. That, that uh, all the junk and everything that I've had to go through with in my life, through my family, through churches, through church relationships. Hallelujah. Amen. Everything, all, every time that I had my heart broke every time that I, I cried myself asleep at night. Glory to God, I don't believe none of that makes any put who he is today, but it all revealed who I am. It showed who I am through Jesus Christ. It made it before. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. Circumstances that you go through, they uncover and bring to light what a person is really made of. Mm. <laughs> what did the Apostle John say? Apostle John said, talking about some people who had done flew the coop, went south, Used to be there, but wasn't there no more. What did he say? He said they really was never part of us. He said if they was a part of us, they'd still be with us. That's what your Bible says. That's what the Word of God says. You see, many people who have run the aisles and shouted and testified verbally, amen, how, how that they are saved, amen, and how much they love the Lord and how much they love the church. But as soon as testing arrives to try them, amen, all that mouth proves just to be that mouth. Hallelujah. Somewhere, sometime, and listen to me, Listen to me right now. Somewhere, sometime, and somehow, God's going to test you. He's going to allow your words to be tested to prove or not whether or not you're really for real. Glory. It's easy for all of us to say anything. 
I can get up here and I can tell you anything I want to tell you. But praise God, I've been through some of that testing myself. God has tried me before, and I know if he's, he'll try me again in the future. Hallelujah. But the circumstances and the trials and the suffering that we have to endure, glory to God, they really reveal who you are and whether or not you're a man or a woman of God or not. Hallelujah. Zechariah 13 and 9. I will bring the one-third through the fire. We will refine them as silver is refined and test them as gold is tested. If you don't believe that God will test you, you don't believe the Bible. Listen to what he said. They will call on my name and I will answer them. I will say, this is my people. And each one will say, the Lord is my God. Hallelujah. God has tested everybody's faith all the way back from Abraham. What did he ask Abraham to do? You, you, you offer up your only son to me as a sacrifice. God had already planned to give Abraham everything. But Abraham had to be tested. And some of the stuff that you have to go through, some of the suffering that you endure in life, God is allowing you to do it sometimes to test you, to see what you're really made of. To see whether or not, hey, don't get me wrong what I'm saying. I'm not talking about somebody, somebody will never fall, wind up with their face in the mud. It's not how many times somebody falls down. It's how many times they get back up and keep going. That's what God's looking for. God's not going to judge you and condemn you to all eternity and take every gift he's ever given you away. Amen. Brother Dallas, just because you fell and you're down there, amen, he's looking to see if you're willing to get back up, amen, and keep on trucking. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You want me to tell you who he's, who he's judging? He's judging me as a minister and as a pastor or whether or not I'm willing to lend a helping hand to somebody who's fallen, somebody who's messed up. you got churches all over this country, pastors all over this country, won't let nobody do nothing in the church no more because they messed up, because they fell down. My God, I ain't going to be able to stand in nobody's way. I want to help somebody out. Oh, glory. Oh, hallelujah. And that preacher and that church and that deacon board, whoever they may be, better be careful. Not willing to try to restore somebody back because they're going to find themselves in a worse shape. Hallelujah. God tests us. He tries us. He wants to say, all right, you've had a slowdown. You've been knocked down over here. Things have went wrong in your life. Your whole world has just collapsed right on top of you. And you know what? God is not holding none of that against you. It's not a black mark against you. Long as you're willing to some kind of way get back up, dust yourself back up, and keep going. Keep going. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And don't you worry about the churches 
and the preachers and nobody else who won't help you through that process, God will take care of them. You just go ahead and you do what God has put in your heart. Don't let nobody stop you. Don't let nobody judge you. Don't let nobody interfere with your progress in God. Hallelujah. We've all been tested. We've all been tried. We've all fallen in the dirt. Hallelujah. But God says, come on. Hallelujah. Get up one more time. This thing ain't over with yet. My Lord, I feel an anointing in the house. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. James 1 and 12. Hallelujah. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved. Now, your King James Version says when he has been tried or when he's been tested. But here in the New King James, it uses the word approved. Hallelujah. When I worked for State Stove in Ashland City for several years, I, I, I gradually, through those 13 years, worked myself worked myself up, and I became a quality control inspector. And
go because I know
Give Jesus a hand clap of praise right now. 